we're going to get started. Yeah, right. we got Nate Mraz with us here today. Superintendent. Superintendent. Extraordinaire. Yes. yes. Right. Since you're new to the podcast, could you give us kind of like a little bit of your background in coaching and your journey here in Elgin, you know, as yeah. it comes to being the superintendent? Sure. Uh, graduated out of uh, Cameron University and uh, with a history degree and um, started, well, not co- <laughs> yeah, uh, started, started coaching uh, immediately there at Lawton High School. Uh, was the head baseball coach and assistant football coach. Clarence Madden was the head coach. Um, next year, uh, so my second year there, uh, Curtis Laura arrives. Uh, his He had already been coaching there. He'd gone down to Temple, Texas and uh, come back. So uh, he was my assistant in baseball. And then, of course, he went on and got, rose to the, uh, to the offensive coordinator job there at Lawton High. I uh, had the chance to coach some good kids there, Antonio Perkins, uh, you know, also Poe Guy. Uh, Ryan Breeze was uh, one of our players. His dad, Randy, was the offensive coordinator early on. So uh, really a good group of uh, coaches to learn from. And, um, boy, just when you're young, you know, you just <laughs> – looking back on it, right. you just think, my goodness, uh, you know, some of the things you – may have thought or said or even done and you know uh, so it's good to have those uh, a mixture of some older coaches that are there to mentor and all that and uh, so uh, let's see from there my friend Adrian Wiggins was out in Fresno California at Fresno State women's basketball I went out there for a couple of years and did the director of operations job out there wow Fresno State women's basketball real fun experience great time Always joke and say Hawaii was in our conference, so we had to go to Hawaii. <laughs> had to go there. Not a bad year. trip, right? Uh, that was when Fresno State was in the WAC yeah. and uh, the Western Athletic Conference. So uh, you know, Hawaii was a trip, and uh, so good experience there. But my wife is from Cordell. I'm from Lawton, and uh, so we we wanted to get back closer. Uh, it's too many. Too many parties and stuff, uh, birthday parties and stuff that you miss. I have four brothers. She has a big family as well. So then, so Curtis Laura was now the head coach at Elgin. And so by this time, and so we're talking and he says, well, come back here and coach and teach. And so I did. And I was the assistant coach here for uh, football, basketball, and baseball. Oh, wow. And um, that's kept me busy (laughs) and uh, taught a little bit of history. And then got into administration. I got my degree there. So I went and was the Fletcher Elementary uh, principal, Cash High School principal, and then came back as the assistant superintendent under Mr. Crimmins. I uh, did that three years, and now I've been the superintendent for nine. Uh, this is my ninth year as superintendent. Great. I've always been in Comanche County. Grew up here. Love it. Uh, Elgin is just a great community. Um, so happy to be here and, um, it's just been a good experience, good journey. As far as the coaching part of it, that coaching experience here at Elgin was just tremendous. Uh, you know, it's a lot different when you're an assistant and, um, so you get to just observe so much and, and, uh, and so, uh, just got to know the, the town and of course we coached Chalmer Wyatt during that time and, um. It's funny. You do think about while you're doing this, you do start to get in your head some kids that, you know, could come back and coach. I mean, it's really a thought process. I know that you probably do that. And 
Um, you know, you're out there and you go, this kid's got a good head on his shoulders. I think he right. can come back. He's always right. asking the right questions about the game. Uh, he's for sure a gamer, you know, Chalmer and um, competitor. And, of course, his dad coached. Right. And so, um, you know, it's one that you're always watching. And then, uh, golly, getting into administration, it, you got some ups and downs. And so uh, we had gotten to the point where we, uh, you know, we moved on uh, from Coach uh, Renshaw and that part. All those things are just truthfully, you have to say, just part of the deal and no hard feelings. Right. I know I know, there's always some hard feelings about change and all that, but... You that know, was just a one-year deal, wasn't it? Two years. Okay, two, two years. years. Okay. And, you know, it's just... Golly, you just think, you know, uh, where, where are we heading? What are we going to do next? And he's he, uh, Coach Renshaw's a good coach and a uh, good person. And so, but then uh, it just immediately, I literally just said, you know, it's time to look for somebody who's, um, you know, you're, I guess you're not supposed to say these things when you hire people, all those rules, you know. Right. Don't yeah. ask them how old they are. Right. Don't ask them what religion they are. Like, you know, now you can be discriminating against. Well, I thought we needed some youth. We yeah. needed somebody energetic. And um, and he just, you know, we'd always been watching him. And he'd come back here and coach, right. obviously, and then gone off to Noble. Right. And so I just called him and um, said, hey, we, I, I want you to come coach. And how can we work this out? And um, he, Chowder's always real measured. You know, he's like, oh, I appreciate that. I need to think about all this yeah. and, you know, the right things. And so – you know, we got him here. We got him here in May. Uh, he was able to come on. His superintendent uh, was former coach, and Solomon, his last name is Solomon. Um, and so uh, he let Chalmer come. Uh, we worked out something. You right. Know, and uh, he came, and we put him on those last couple of weeks as the head coach there, and he got to do spring ball. And, you know, had a, had a promising first year, and then I don't know if the twenty year was his second year or not, but COVID and all that yeah, kind of threw it right know, and Galilee yeah. and just I mean, but I will just tell you, there's not or there's not a thought of anything different. I mean, we you know obviously didn't win a game that year, right? Made the playoffs, of course. <laughs> Everybody did. Um, yeah. <laughs> we were zero and eight. We're going to state. That's uh, so the mantra, you know. Uh, because <laughs> we had two games canceled. I don't, if I don't, y'all may remember. I don't remember which ones we had to cancel against a couple of opponents because of COVID. Yeah. You know, um, and so anyway, not a thought about that. Just you know, we knew he's he's surrounding himself with good people, uh, good coaches. We do have a good mixture you know, of some experience and then some young kids. Uh, you know, Cody Rowell adds a great dimension yeah. as the head wrestling coach. You yeah. know, I mean those those. I don't know if people believe in that, but to me, they go hand in hand. I mean, you got – that's the kind of attitude you need out there. So, yeah, we've talked about that over the one on podcast. One. Yeah. I mean, having a good wrestling program does lead into success yeah. on the football thing. And I think so. I mean, I think that that, that does play a huge role in it. It's such a unique sport. You know, I mean, you're, it's you and the other guy out there, and you're right. going to just go at it for three, you know, sessions and see who can win. That's got to be translated somehow onto a football field. Yeah, no, it definitely has been. But anyway, and so now here we are, and my goodness, when that 5A came out the first year, I was like everybody else. I was never, you know, oh, we're scared. But you you always want to be measured because don't build up things. Just tell people, yeah, we're it'll be interesting, you know. And some of that was true. I was just wasn't sure, you know, about the speed and all this right. stuff. But, man, here we are. 
our toughness, we play with such – we are a physical football team. Yeah. I know you all know that, but I tell people that. We're hard-hitting. Our speed is right there with everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, we've got a coach's son, a quarterback, Trace. You know, uh, he's doing a good job. Uh, it's It has been impressive, you know, how we have just – I start to think about things like our career record version. Well, what's your career record in 5A? Well, you know, now against 5A opponents. It's pretty good. <laughs> 14 and 2 or something. Right. You know, or somewhere in there. And it's just amazing. Yeah. It really is. Uh, I'm so proud of the group. The assistant coaches are wonderful as well. I mean, it's a it's a good group. Well, it's been a good time to be an owl all around. Yeah. I mean, last year, I mean – we had success, obviously, in football, wrestling wins state, softball no does great. Um, it is. And then, I mean, baseball goes to state as well. I mean, talk about kind of how that as a superintendent kind of helps community spirit, community, like, sure and how is. all that kind of plays into things. It's a great uh, point to bring up is just when things are going well in your extracurriculars, um, it yeah, just matters. You the band. It, I mean, oh, it's 11 course, years yeah. in a row. The band is tremendous. Our ag department is tremendous. Uh, you know, our you know, we got something for everybody. Our theater group is good. Uh, you know, they're growing. They're, they're doing great things. They put on some wonderful plays. We got that performing arts center. All that stuff matters. Right. Uh, don't y'all agree that so because you guys might may have been that way and we're all that way somewhat. It's what keeps you gum coming. I mean, with all due respect to all of our teachers who really just get in there and do a great job, you know, it'd be a unique case for a kid to say, boy, I can't wait to wake up and go do some biology and all that. You know, it's just <laughs> right. kind of what you do. Right. You're a kid, you're growing up, you go to school. It's all the extracurriculars. And I think teachers who aren't involved in extracurriculars appreciate that as well. It's, it gives them a little something to hang over them and say, boy, you got to get in here and do well in biology. You right. Know? They don't realize it, but those kids are soaking in that knowledge, you know, those right. classrooms, and they're there waiting, maybe waiting for that day of practice, but they're getting all exposed to all that knowledge. So, to your point, yes, the extracurriculars, um, you know, the fact that we're doing so well, we're a growing community. I think we are a safe uh, community that also values discipline right. and respect. I mean, uh, I do here. I mean, well, well kid, you know what? This happened to Lawton, and he didn't get that harsh of a punishment. Ah, just take it and work with us. Your kid will be better for it. We don't right. want that. We expect certain behaviors out here, and I do believe that our parents support us in that. Right. Um, uh, an orderly operation means a lot, you know, yeah. to parents, and that they can. We're not perfect at all. We got problems, like everybody does. But I will say that we expect a level of behavior out here, and I hope people appreciate that. Um, it, it matters. When you're yeah. dealing with four to eighteen year olds, you're always gonna have some There's sort of problem all the time. <laughs> no matter what's There's going on, whether it, be, time, you know? whether it be the school side of things or Coach Beatings in there in a you know what the traditional whatever you call it, ISS, ISD, in-house, whatever. Well, that's a worthy uh cause because it's a corrective measure. I mean right. co people come in there and they have a choice to make, you know. They can get better or they can get better. Uh but, you know, knowing that, you know, that, that that's always been a place where most of our kids get in there and yeah, you're going to take your lumps, you're going to come out. It serves a purpose for us because we always want to get them back in the regular classes, you know, and I know you see that. I mean, that's it's uh, it's a part of the part of helping kids grow up. 
Yeah, you kind of read my mind. That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. when we start talking about the teachers, uh, yeah. they understand the aspect of that. And a lot of teachers, they will send their kids to me, yeah. go see Coach Bean, you yeah. know what I mean? And me being able to have a relationship with the athletes and stuff like that. And even the kids are not athletes. Yeah, that's right. You know, the, what I tried to explain to athletes is, is whether you like it or not, people are going to look up to you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're interacting sure like, a, like a weirdo yeah. or a jack wagon, whatever. Yeah. Like, right, you know right. What I mean? Then the kids are going to follow Other you. Other people are going to follow you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's very important that you set the example for them. You know what I mean? It is. It's, uh, you know, it's a maybe unwanted, but uh, it comes with uh, territory, especially when we're doing good. I mean, right. There's kids looking up to them, um, and that does matter. And, um, you know, I like I said, it's uh, – but back to your point, uh, it's just been a great time here, and uh, I think we're in a, a nice time in Elgin uh, growth, and uh, those well, kind of problems and, are good problems to have right. and to grow. Well, and then a lot of kind of the piggyback off the extracurricular side of things, a lot of the kids are still young, too. Yeah, they are. So you can still get a decent a, amount of them when you start looking at – you know, we got some good seniors. Don't there's some wrong. key there's seniors, some good seniors. That's for but sure. But you start looking and you go, this run could last a little while. And I think um, it does. Um, you know, that success rolls over into uh, things where people desire to be here. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's, there's, like I said, absolutely no disrespect. We've all, because we've been there when we're not having success. So call it what it is. We, you know, uh, we've now beat Lawton MacArthur two years in a row. That's awesome. Right. Now, that is a great program. Yeah. You know, Coach it's Manning, always a good day. Coach Manning <laughs> and all of them do a great job. You know, God, we talk about veteran coaches. Coach Holmes, those guys have been there forever. They do a very good job. They have very good football teams. The fact that we're able to say we beat them in consecutive years and the fact that, you know, you know, like I said, not at all to get into could we have beat – someone said that, could you have beat the other Lawton teams? You know, well, my answer to that is obviously going to be I believe so. We have right. a very good team. Right. right. Now, I don't know that. That's right. why you would go play. Now, I mean, you know, you go out on that field and they may rise up and punch you in the nose. Right. But we love that. That's why mm-hmm. we want to be in those conversations, you know. And in the past, we just weren't quite there. Not through any – fault of coaching or anything we just this school was not quite there well all of a sudden we get there I, I, you know i don't know if you guys have heard this but this is how social media works my son says dad look at this kid that posted this that he's gonna his dad's pcs and the you know to fort seal and he's a football player and plays this and that and he's you know he had mentioned that he was coming to elgin high school you know and um i don't know it just however many years ago would a kid have gone well you know, I'd like to. I'm moving to that area. I might choose one of these schools. To right. Go to. We're getting that now, um, and that, I think that just kind of the fun part of it's the fun part of success. Everyone should enjoy success while it's there. Uh, success may come and go, so you enjoy it while it's here. You don't you don't make it change your personality. You don't make it where you're uh, gloating or this way or that because it could things change, and you know. As the NFL coaches say, you're, you know, a couple of injuries away from things not working like you thought, right. whatever. Right. But it's certainly worth enjoying while we're here. And I do believe that we are in the right position to sustain this. We've got a great coaching staff, a great school system, great teachers. Uh, there's great no community. A great community. Yeah. My goodness. People say that, you know, they say, boy, they're so support. They cannot believe uh, the amount of support we have. Right. And, um, 
I think those Midwest City, uh, the y'all probably didn't go through the you know gate we did at Middle City, but they they made compliments about boy y'all bring a crowd and you really got some vocal people and, them and they were so polite to us up there right and uh, but I do think they were a little bit like you're bringing how many buses and you're expecting how yeah, many I mean, people a lot it of was the road a great games, showing and a lot of the road games we've had this year I mean you look down um, and a lot of times we're on the we're on the on the home side so yeah. we can look out and kind of see what's going on across the way for and then you go down at halftime or you kind of look down underneath the box and you go, we may have more people here than the home side. Don't you think that last um, week? I, I really do yeah, believe that. I, I mean, was that, like, that, goes, is... that helps. I mean, it helps not only the community as far as that goes, but I mean, it helps players on the field, it helps that coaches and things like that. Because, hey, everybody's behind us. You know, this is a big deal for not only us as kids, but for our parents and for everybody else. So, I mean, yeah. hopefully we fill the place. I have no yeah. doubt we will. I, I agree. <laughs> and I, boy, the last game, the, the last MacArthur, game, yeah. it, was it was loud. And it was loud. Yeah. I don't recall thinking that to myself. I, you know, coached those years at Lawton High, and uh, there's been some loud ones for sure. You know, back, you know, we, Coach Madden, like I said, head coach there, and Coach Breeze, office coordinator. I mean, we went to the semis twice, so there's no doubt we were good football teams, but. I don't know. This was just loud yeah. last week. It was loud. I and, didn't believe it. I and to kind of talk about that, I mean, talk about the importance of for a school system, for a community, having a home playoff game. And I know yeah. last year we had one. Didn't end the way we wanted it to, so hopefully this one could end better this year. And then we get another one the week after uh, if we were able to take care of it. Talk exactly about the importance for that. I think it's so important. Uh, number one, you know, you want to get into all of it. Just let's look at it, you know, uh, from a city of Elgin standpoint. Uh, I bet Piedmont brings a pretty good crowd. Right. So there's some yeah. business coming into the community. All the fast food places should be on notice. That, yeah. You know, I know it's hard to find help these days, but if they can beef up and be ready for crowds, there's going to be crowds coming in, looking for places to eat, fueling up their cars. So city sales tax wise, that's worth mentioning. It's yeah. a good thing to happen. It puts us in people's thought processes about good schools and Someone says, yeah, we're moving down. We, my uh, my brother got a job down at Comanche County Memorial. Should, where should he go to school? Well, we were just down at Elgin last week, and, man, it was a vibrant community. That helps, yeah. you know. And so it's a chance to show off a little bit and provide good, uh, you know, hospitality. I think it is a boon economically to the community. But more importantly, it's the ease of, aren't y'all already feeling this? I'm like, yeah, we don't, hey. Just gonna drive up to the stadium this week. It's the right. comfort of home. Right. It's the comfort of home. The kids will get their pregame meal, and um, they're not off kilter. You know, on the road, you've got to plan all this out and be careful about: Are you there too early? Right. Someone might have a tiny uh, visiting locker room. You don't want them right. in there for too long. I mean, you got to think of all that. Now we're at home, and so the crowd's gonna be there. People that would ordinarily say, "I just can't make it to the game." They're like, yeah, I can make it to this one. Right. And so I just, it, it's it's hard to overstate what it means. It, it's tremendous and it's well earned. And like you said, if we can take care of business, we get another one. Right. And, um, and then strategically, the next one, if you can take care of business, that's they're a, neutral, neutral sites. Yeah. And so, so then we got to ask everybody to travel. That's right. Home and our people will, yeah. of course. Yeah. But, um, you know. Well, it's good to show off. 
Fieldhouse, the stadium, all yeah, that's part of it. it. Um, Cause I mean, I, there's places we go sometimes that have nice facilities and then there's places we go sometimes too. And you're going, understandably. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's right. <laughs> um, so agree. talk about how all, the, all that kind of comes into play too with, yeah. with the bonds and things yeah. like that and the importance so, of all yeah. that part. So we passed the bond and uh, we were able to get some real nice facilities for our activities. That performing arts center is yeah. just awesome. Uh, the home side football stadium is awesome. Um, you know, our field house is just tremendous. Uh, we were able to turf the field. We're able to get to where we need to be so that that's not even a consideration for people. It's like, oh, this is nice. You know, our, of course, our, our visiting side needs work. Uh, that was just a simple um, issue of can't get blood out of a turnip type right. deal. It's like at some point we had to draw the line uh, and use our construction dollars on something. That's down the road at some point. The The thought process, of course, as you know, is even your consistent visitors only come once every other year. Right. So right. they're okay. They got their own set of restrooms. They got their own concession over there. We stay separate from them. So it's adequate for sure. We'd like to beef it up. But uh, I think that pride does come into play. Kids can feel good about yeah. it. You know, it's unfortunate. It's not the end of the world. I mean, sometimes we're too soft on kids, right? Today, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> but I like old Mike Simpson up there at Guthrie, the superintendent. Uh, he used to coach at Apache basketball years ago. He's just a good guy. But you know, I was watching, chat out a little bit of the Carl Albert Guthrie game that was on the Oklahoma Sports yeah. Network. And, you know, they've got your old school stadium. Yeah. It looked like the baseball field was built into the stadium. Right. But guess what? They're a fabulous football team. Right. You know, as we experienced last year. And that, so and hopefully that makes us appreciate it. It is nice to have good things. You yeah. know, we have a real supportive growing community. And uh, we're, there's talk of a solar panel farm coming in on Trail Road. And yep. we're, we're anxiously watching that. And the reason that's impactful is because if they add so much value, you know, your valuation goes up because of their equipment and all their things there, then look at passing a bond issue and selling it to the patrons of, hey, it'll only increase your taxes like 1% because really the burden's being carried by the new guys on right. the block. They got so much uh, equipment that's valued at this much. So that's important. Those things are important. Yeah. That's the other reason you want to have a safe, vibrant community is because if we can get businesses in here and industry, they share that tax burden. Right. And so, um, you know, that that's a big part of this too. And so uh, we're watching that. You know, we'll be able to put in some nice school buildings and still continue some things with our curricular, extracurriculars. And those planning things are headaches and all that. But like I said, that's a good problem to have. But yeah. You'd much rather be doing that than worrying about, you know, some poor people out there are worried about cutting positions and things, you know. Right. Boy, we got to get rid of a couple of uh, uh, teacher's assistants or something. It's tough times. You know, we're, we're growing, and so we're fortunate in that. We're trying to figure out the other end of it, how to keep up. Right. So, and that, Yeah, like you said, that's a better problem to have than the alternative. Sure. When it comes to the admin side yeah. of things, how much of an impact did your coaching lead into that when it comes to admin and being a superintendent? I think it helps so much. Uh, you know, when you have, when you've coached, and I'll say in charge of programs, so, you know, all that due respect to our, our uh, ag teachers because, you know, they're, they're putting kids in vehicles, they're responsible for them, they're traveling overnight with them, they're dealing with upset parents, and shoot, our drama. Uh, Mrs. Diley's she has to choose who's going to get the lead in that play. When you've had to get some blowback on those things, that helps you so much as an administrator. Uh, in age, of course, you get older. You have your own kids to draw off of. You know mm -hmm. what it's like. Yeah. You know, 
And so all that helps, but the coaching definitely helps. You've seen the sides of you've had to bark at people. You've had to be a little more diplomatic with people. You've had to deal with the most upset parent or even a quote crazy parent that you know that you need to learn how to deal with that. So it definitely helps. It, it helps tremendously. Uh, those times coaching, it's like you know all of us. All those experiences make you who you are. But I, I really can appreciate those years coaching and having to make tough decisions and getting yelled at by people and, you know, getting, you know, this and that, it just helps. It just makes you who you are, right. you know? I mean, you grow up and you learn to deal with things and you learn to deal with failures and all that, you know, so. Speaking of growing up and, you know, dealing with certain stuff, uh, you know, I just happen to go to the same church as you do. Yeah. And uh, the, the connection, how did that play into, uh, you know, being in the in the high school gym. That's they, simple. Uh, Richie Large, who's we've known, Richie coached at Rush Springs. Yeah. He was always involved in FCA. His right. dad was a coach at Cameron University football in the old days. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, Farrell okay. Large, a great guy. And just so you know, uh, Curtis Irwin, they had, back when that place flooded at, uh, you know, at uh, Crossroads, uh, they used our fine arts center, uh, the old fine arts center, right. for a while while they were getting on their feet. Uh, they're all nonprofit organizations. You know, right. they're not out to make money. Yeah. Uh, they're out to impact um, people in a positive way. Their mission, of course, is a whole different mission. I mean, Richie is, you know, his mission is to try and um, get people to come to Christ. You know, yeah. Um, and so, and I've told him this uh, uh, as a Christian who's in charge of a public school. I still have to be the level-headed person and say. When it's school-wise, yeah. out of respect for everybody, we may have kids of all kinds of different religions there. But the one thing that most of those, not most, the one thing that those groups have in common is they want positive interactions for kids, and we can all get behind that. Right, yeah. So they they rent that facility from us uh, at, you know, at, at a cost that's uh, fair, but... You know, there's just some intrinsic value to having good vibes on campus. I mean, people that are, you know how much the church helps us. All of our yeah. churches help us. Our banks help us. Uh, you know, if, if the bank for some reason needed to use the facility. I mean, uh, we've had people doing yoga lessons up there. <laughs> I mean, you know, just things that are good for communities. And that that Connections Church is just, uh, it's just a bunch of, as you would expect, good people. And so um, we're... We're happy that they're able to get in there. I know that Richie has his eyes on the project of getting them out of there like like everybody would. But they're of no, you know, they clean up after themselves. They're good, uh, you know, users of our facilities. And like I said, it's a it's a nonprofit organization using another nonprofit organization's right. facility on a time at a day when it's not used. I right. mean, you know, and so that to me, those kind of you feel good about helping people out and helping community. It, doesn't it make it, I think that's what we were all talking about. It's a no, community, it's win -win it's for a community yeah. and all that. I mean, you know, we've got, and we're surrounded like any community. We're surrounded by churches. You know, St. Anne's is across the street. The Methodist church is just right across the street to the West. Uh, the assembly of God to the South, you know, uh, with Larry Toma there. Um, Dusty Devers, you know, his church there Grace is a grace fellowship. You know, they're right there. Caddy corner to the gym. They allow us to use, they're parking on overflow nights. I mean, that's how it should be, right. you know. And they're all so respectful of, you know, 
they're going to try and win souls on their time and all that, but they do ask for help in the the elementary parts of this, the operations, and we're happy to help on that. We anybody who's doing good for people, you know, is, uh, it's hard to go wrong on that. So that that I think it just goes back to that. Uh, I just think it's cool that Dad's got to grow up since he's been out in wrestling in that yeah. gym, yeah. getting baptized in wrestling. Yeah. Baptism by fire <laughs> on the wrestling mat. Yeah. Uh, baptized, you know? Yeah, I love it. You know, uh, Dax, uh, when, when we first met, my daughter, uh, we got baptized the same day, and, and we kind of had that conversation. I was like, son, I don't want you to do this just because I'm doing right. it. I want you to make sure you're doing it because you want to do it. Yeah. You know, once we move to the once move to the gym. Yeah. You know, he decided it was his time, so. Well, it's a great, like I said, all those things where we can help. And, uh, you know, Mr. Crimmins was always, you know, our, that's part of community. You know, Mr. Crimmins, who I followed, you know, he came out here from Lawton Schools. He was a Lawton Schools guy and coached in Lawton Schools as well. And this community, now consider when Mr. Crimmins came out of here, he moved out here in the early 70s. What a difference. Right. Like, school and all that. Yeah. He's just like, this is places. He always said that. Try and maintain that small town feel, even though you're growing. We, here's another thing we're saying: we offer every sport that the OSSA offers. You know, I mean, so uh, you know the the athletic side of that. We try and give them their options and all that. And so those activities people are drawn to. Yeah. Chance to get kids involved and all that. We can't do everything. We get things we request all the time on things, but when you know. Uh, there's certain things that you just, you know, can look at and say, is it healthy for the kids? And can we do this? And you try and do it, you know. When it so. comes to uh, the OSSAA, how they choose, like, what class you're in, yeah. can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Uh, at the end of the year, we fill out an annual statistical report. It's called the ASR. And that is – And that's every year? That's every year okay. you do that. And uh, you do it actually – at the end of your first nine weeks, called the first quarter statistical report, and then at the end of the year, your annual statistical report, and that takes your average daily membership into account. And so they'll take your number of days attended by your total attendance, how many kids are here for how this total days, divide it. That's your average daily membership uh, throughout the year, and so that's why you'll see a decimal point on some of these things you don't okay. have you don't have, have a point kid. yeah you don't have three. two you don't have two tenths of a kid you know if you did you know you'd want it to be the athletic side or whatever hey, put him out on the field but anyway uh so uh you know you know so the high school comes in at 778.2 and then they just they ask for everyone's and they look at it football will do it every two years because yeah. they want you to get in that two-year cycle of you host them they yeah. host you basketball does it every year so it can fluctuate. It's it's interesting. Um, volleyball does it every year. Uh, I think wrestling does it every two years. Uh, different sports do it different ways. But so you turn in, and that's grades nine through twelve. Okay. Grades nine through twelve. Watch your average daily membership, and they'll publicize that. The first thirty-two teams are six A teams. Your next thirty-two are five A. Your next thirty-two are four A. Your next thirty, and that's in football. In basketball. Once you get down to 4A, they say the next 64 teams are all 4A because there's so many more more teams play basketball. Not yeah. every team, not every school plays football. Right, right. And then you get into these weird things of, well, um, you know, Santa Fe South Charter School doesn't want to play football this year. They can't do it. Guyman went independent this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So then you got to work all that out. 
Uh, yeah, because like some. What does that the, mean, independent? Well, so they're not they're, in the they're district. Not, they're so some districts only have seven, even though it's designed to have eight. I That's think right. the district that we're playing, the five A one, five A two. We're five A one, five A two. I think only has seven. You're teams. exactly, and it's Guyman. And it's Guyman's the kind of the odd man. So out. they're they out did. there in that Panhandle of Oklahoma. They yeah. may pick up a Kansas team, a Colorado team, or a Texas oh, Panhandle right. team, and just say. I don't think they mean it this way, but we're playing for fun. I don't, they, they're probably serious about it, but we're not going to have a yeah, chance to go to travel to, to cash or Woodward. And the trade-off is we're not going to be able to play in the playoffs and all of that, yeah. you know. And so you, they work through all those details. They also have to work through the uh, the uh, private school rule, where right. if you've had success a certain amount of years, they'll bump you up a class. Yeah. And so, but the rule is no one will be bumped into six A. I think they may change that this year. I don't know. But so, like, Bishop McGinnis at one time was 4A or whatever. Yeah, but they won so much. They won so much, you move them up. And so you deal with all those. It's kind of a weird process, but then they'll finally, they'll solidify it. They'll say, all right, here's your, here is your 32 teams in 5A. You try and get an even east-west split. That's why Dell City is in the east this year. You had to do some. But next year they're coming here. They are. So next year the district's <laughs> going to be completely different, even though we're only three years in. That's right. <laughs> in fact, uh, let's see. How can I be you know, real but not hurt anyone's feelings about this? You say... Let's see who got out of our district. You know, and yeah. I, I love Noble and all that, but I'm saying, oh, good, we got Dell City. Yeah, know? Noble, Altus, and you know? uh, Ardmore come out. Yeah, and, but you, you always want to play the best. Either, yeah, you, you do. know, yeah. but but yeah, Dell City's been so good. Right. You know? So yes, all those things come into play, and so they literally look at your average daily membership that that number, and uh, then they assign you into your. You're, and I don't see us ever going back down. We continue to grow. And as a growing district, I think that what will happen is we'll continue to be in 5A. We'll probably see that growing schools like Newcastle, Blanchard, yeah, they'll probably come up. That means someone's got to move down, and that may be a school that's stagnant. Maybe a Oklahoma City South, and I'm just spitballing here. Maybe an Oklahoma South City East. Southeast. Yeah, they okay. didn't grow as much. They may even lost some kids. And Newcastle gained 62 kids. They're going to move up. So that's what I look to happen on that. So, so as – and, I mean, I know it's hard to predict the future and yeah. things like that. But as we sit here, probably not going down, but do you see a 6A any time? Boy, that would be – let's look at that. So, you know, we were the last team or second to last team in this year in 5A, I believe, if I looked at it. So, okay, so we got a ways. So, to yes. Okay. Uh, the highest team, uh, I'm going to throw a name out there who maybe dropped down. Maybe now Piedmont's moving up into Midwest, 6A next year. Midwest City might be one of the larger six, ones. Yeah, they were, I bet they, they have. I, I bet they have 1,200. What did you see their ADM? I, I did not, but I knew that I believe that they were in six, and I know they moved to five. Yeah. So, that so was one that I thought of. So, let's say that they have 1,200 kids in the high school. Okay. And here we are sitting six. 700 and something. Okay. We got a ways. So we got a ways. Go, okay. You know. Gotcha. So I don't think I don't anticipate that real soon. But like uh, you said, I don't see us getting back to forty-two with the no. way that we're all those I mean, houses, every year. Yeah, all the houses yeah. are built and every year. You oh, this is the biggest kindergarten class ever. That's it right. Like it's, That's right. It's, so it's every year. So. I believe it's safe to say you know okay. that we'll stay in five A and continue on that path and keep trying to grow and develop some of those rivalries, as you know. Or may not know, basketball went to districts this year for the first, yeah, first time ever. ever. Right. Okay. So in the past, you just played who you wanted to in basketball. It was important to get into a conference so you can guarantee right. some games. This year, they assigned you districts like football. First time in memory, and probably we're probably accurate to say ever, 
that our basketball team will not play Cash or Anadarko. That's kind oh, of strange, wow. right. you know, because they're 4A. Right. And so you lose a little bit of those rivalries. Well, yeah, we talked a little yeah. bit about that during football with Anadarko yeah. after that game. We kind of figured that that's probably the last time we played they may not, for a while. Yeah, but yeah, that's it's right. hard for us to play yeah. a 3A school. We'll that's probably right. keep Cash for around yeah. a little while since they're still just 4A. But yeah. You know, of course, your AD wants to consider Gate. You yeah. know, hey, who'll right. bring a good crowd? Right. And that is a consideration on those games. But you're right. So think about that in basketball. Uh, well, yeah, we won't go, you know, we won't go see Cash or Anadarko. That's right. kind of interesting. It's right. Kind of, you know, but you develop some rivalries with other schools, you know, and all that. It, We're just not as close. We're not, we got to, there's an interstate separating us, you know, it's an hour right. journey up to everybody. Cash was close. Anadarko was close. That was kind of. Well, that's you know, the weird part about kind of changing the districts every two years yeah. to me, too. I mean, yeah. it's going to be hard to, since we're so new to 5A. Yeah. It's going to be hard for us to kind of get some of those rivalries outside there's, of maybe MacArthur. Yeah, and there's still, don't don't kid yourself, There there's some numbers and stats that go into that, who's East, who's West, but then those coaches at the OCA, at the clinic, they're going to get those results, oh, yeah. and they get in there and don't think that they're not yeah, all politicking. <laughs> like, dude, there's no way. You're not going to put Carl Albert and Dale City in our same district. Right. You know, I mean, that's just natural. Right. Uh, there's some of that going on. Uh, and there is probably some. Well, that's why you see Dell City probably in the East this year. Yeah, that's I probably. Mean, and that's, played with it a little. Seems like a wise choice. Yeah. You got the three Middale schools all in separate districts. Right. That's good for them. You know, that's one thing we were talking about. Midwest City, everyone was like, well, I think they've lost three games. Well, the first two they lost were to Carl, Carl Albert, Albert and Dell City. One and one and three in yeah, 5A. Right. So. And so, uh, and then, of course, uh, I guess El Reno got them. Yeah. Which is understandable. Yeah. El Reno gets running that ball. They're tough. Right. So, I, you know, and so there's, that's probably good. They were able to split them up. Yeah. I think they've always done that. You know, growing up, it used to be that when I was in school, Eisenhower, I went to Eisenhower, Eisenhower and Lawton go 6A and Mac was 5A. And so they would, you know, try and work that out to where, you know, no need to have both of those 6A schools in the same district and all that. Right. So I think they, they consider all that and you know, keep your rivalries as best you can. And, and we can develop new rivalries, yeah. you know, it's, you know, it, it'll happen with just kind of playing some teams over and over again. That is what it is. Sir, we're at the 34 minute mark. Yeah, it's, I need to get going. Uh, we we always kind of, usually we do a final words, but okay. just since you're here, we're going to give you the final words, okay. whatever you want to say, then we'll, we'll wrap it up. I will say, and you know, of course you expect every superintendent to say this, but I do mean it. So appreciative of our parents, our citizens. They do vote in support of bond issues. They do support the school. We get businesses, you know, out here that support the school. Uh, Oklahoma Sports Network comes out. You know, we do feel like a community out here. And so I'm so appreciative of that. Thank you so much for all the support. Thanks to you guys. Uh, thanks for what you do at the school there, Coach Thank Bean. You. Uh, you know, it is, you know, I know your wife teaches up there. It's just a, uh, it's a good feeling and we want to keep that going. Yeah. We want to grow. But we want to make sure we retain our small town values. We want kids to behave. We want the order to rule the day so that we can teach your kids and get them out there on that field. I don't like all the stuff that as you get bigger, all this, you know, you get into some nonsense sometimes. We want to stay away from that, you know. Yeah. We want to be a good, solid group of people that treat people right and act right. And I think uh, that's another thing to say about you guys. You make our kids act right. 
And so we're we're beating you on the field, but we still got good kids. Yeah. And that means a lot. Yeah. And Vincent, you know, thank you so much for all this. I mean, hey, I'm sitting here in your house. <laughs> you don't have to be doing this, you know, and it's it's a good feeling. I like it. So yeah. I pre- appreciate everybody and thank you so much for having me tonight. Well, thanks for and, thanks for joining us and uh, we appreciate everything you do. Obviously we both have we're both fathers of, of eligible yeah. students and things like that. So we appreciate everything that yeah. you and the entire administration is doing and we got to get uh, this guy some OU stuff in here. Absolutely not. <laughs> Go Tigers. <laughs> thank Nate, you. Thanks for uh, stopping by, man. Coach, thank, thank you. Alright. See ya. Go have a good day. You too. We're back now. So when, when it comes to uh, Midwest City, what's something that jumps off your mind there? Well, I mean, just a gutty performance. Uh, not the prettiest offense performance. Um, but if you look at if you look at the tape, I mean, we were a couple plays away from potentially putting up, you know, 28, 35 points. So, yeah. so I mean, not exactly ideal when you look at the thirteen points. But what can you say about the way that the defense played? Um, what can you say about the way special teams played? Uh, Colin Donnelly with some huge punts there uh, at the end of the game to get them pinned inside of uh, inside their own ten yard line there. So just a gutty performance, kind of a game we needed. Um, like I said, all year we've just kind of ran through opponents, so it's not it's more than likely not going to be like that in the playoffs. So it's good to see how we reacted under some to go adversity quarters. to go four quarters to yeah. kind of play under some adversity to how we would play in crunch time in a big game and things like that. And they, they answered all those questions. So, um, I mean, with everything on the line. So district title, district champs, I mean, yeah. can't ask for anything district better champs. than that. And what about our defense, man? Shea was another pick six. So I mean, just, pick six. And, and 28 total tackles for Colin Donnelly against Midwest City. Knocking helmets off, absolutely destroying people. At some point during that game, he kind of put the cape on and, and be kind of can like I said, you know, only averaging 25, 30 yards of punt on the season, but when he needed it most, he pinned him inside the one-yard line. Then, again, he pinned him inside the five-yard line. Um, so just kind of turned into a gamer. We've been talking about all year. He's kind of that alpha on the team. And, and when he saw, you know, the offense wasn't quite doing some things, he kind of put that cape on and, like I said, 28 tackles and, and just did a phenomenal job in leading the defense. I mean, everybody on defense obviously played phenomenal with only giving up the three points against a very good football team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just kudos to him for, for like I said, just kind of putting on that cape and saying, hey, we're, we're coming away just your, title, just your champs. And, uh, and he did it. Without being a homer too much, right? Okay. After the game, I can't answer it. I talked. To, <laughs> I, I talked to Coach Hill, and Coach Hill looked me in the eyes and he said, "Hey, that's the best linebacker in the state." And I, I tried to look it up, and I don't see why he's not. You know what I mean? And we'll we'll, we'll touch on it a little bit as we kind of recap the season. But I mean, he's got 113 tackles on the season, uh, 15 for loss, one sack, three interceptions, in the right place at the right time. Like I said. Sometimes has to call the plays if, if, if Coach Baker's not able to get him in time or they're running something up-tempo. I mean, everything that you want and need out of a linebacker, he does it, um, not only with his physicality, but also, also his mentality and also his the way he uses his mind in playing, in playing the game. And so, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to find a better one out there. Um, like I said, I know we get to watch him every week, which is a joy. And then think about this. He's got a whole other year with us, too, so that's going to yeah, be fun to yeah. watch as well. Well, let's uh, jump back to the beginning of the season. Okay. And the dark, though. What was your thoughts on that? Just the overall, you know, I mean, 
Last year, we talked about it all off season. Last year, they kind of jumped up on us, so that was one thing we kind of had to worry about a little. Kind of had to, we had everybody back. We knew what the expectations were, and then to finally see them on the field uh, and seeing what this team could be capable of, it was just kind of an eye-opening night. I mean, what can you say? 76 nothing was the final. I mean, handled, handled everything exactly the way that we wanted to, created turnovers, uh, had some explosive plays on offense. I mean, just an all-around great performance. And uh, and like I said, couldn't ask for a better start uh, for both the offense and defense. I mean, 76 nothing is is, is is what it is. Yeah, it's a good time. Okay, well, let's go back <laughs> and move on to Cash. Cash, I mean, it's always a rivalry, so you never know what's going to happen in those games. I mean, thought, you know, Cash, was, Cash made it into the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, so, so a pretty good football team. Um, they got better as the season progressed. Uh, so knew it was going to be a tough challenge, but again, took care of business both on the offensive, defensive, and special team side of the ball. And um, and like I said, just kind of ran away with that one towards the end as well. Um, but like I said, it's a rivalry game that never under, never kind of like knowing what's going on. That kind of the tricky offense that Coach Griffin likes to run over there. But uh, another great job, great performance, and and uh, couldn't ask for anything better. Well, this game was Weatherford, right? So I feel like there was a lot of people thinking this is like going to be our first test. Was Weatherford? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but Weatherford, I mean, it's forty-three-seven. You know, we had a tough first half. First half was a little sloppy. Probably the first, like I said, the sloppiest we had played up to that point in the season. Like I said, a lot of people, oh, well, they hadn't seen a line as big as Weatherford's. They hadn't done this. They hadn't done that. Um, and obviously answered the critics there yeah. um, and took care of business. So now you're three and zero going into district play. Um, like I said, another like I said, touchdown at the very, very end of the game uh, to kind of get on the board for Weatherford. But offense, like I said, a little sluggish, a little slow. First half wasn't the greatest, but whatever was said at halftime, they came out and took care of business and kind of closed that one away pretty early in that fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, so like I said, right where you wanted to be going into district play, 3-0. and um, So couldn't ask for a better start uh, leading up into district play. The next team, I have – so much joy anytime Elgin beats this team, El Reno. But I will say uh, it started off a little tougher than that yeah. than I thought. Overall, it was twenty one fifty four, and actually, I'm rooting for them this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're in a beach car out. Yeah, we love we love. I would love nothing better is to meet them in a state final and them again. Hey, if Nicholson if Nicholson can 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 run the way he did against us against uh, against MacArthur. Um, well, not MacArthur, but against uh, Midwest City and some of those guys. I mean, they've got a chance against Carl Albert. Like I said, sloppy, sloppy first half. Uh, Nicholson kind of ran all over us to a certain degree, but then you look up at the scoreboard and it was still 28-14 at halftime. Um, obviously, you look back at that first half. They get all the way down there, fumble. Matt Lund, first play of the game, goes 99 yard, yep. just an incredible run. And then they're driving again to potentially tie it up, and Ritson goes 90-something yards on the interception return for a touchdown. And like I said – as bad as we played and as nervous as we were with how they were playing, we were still up 28-14 at halftime. Um, we only ran 13 offensive plays in that game. They That game is going to remind you probably a little bit of this Piedmont game um, because of the way that El Reno likes to keep the ball on the ground. Piedmont does the same exact thing. So it may be a situation just like that one where we only have – 
15 to 16 plays in the first half. So we got to make uh, we got to make sure that we take advantage of all of our possessions in this game, upcoming game. But it was good to play that type of game. Kind of put us on notice a little that hey, you know, you, we kind of ran through those first ones pretty easy. So kind of put us on notice that hey, we're, it's a district play now. Things are going to be a little bit tougher. And like I said, they responded well in the second half. Obviously, Nicholson goes out, so that played a little bit into it. But still, when he was in, we were still up 28-14. Um, and then we kind of I don't know, finished that one off, and, and then we roll into being classless, bro. But, hey, that's a whole yeah, other story. Man. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, by him going out, I mean, there's a reason why I went out, too. There's only so, yeah. so much pressure you can take right. from our guys. No, 100%. I agree. Next game is Armour game. Armour game was, uh, you know, it's a drive. You know what I mean? Drive. Like Coach White's dad said, Wes, he said, at least we ain't coming from out. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of drive, but going up there, it was cool. The Ardmore coach, Josh Newby, so much praise from our coaches from him. You know, his standpoint, yeah. being a good guy, good coach. You know, uh, as uh, uh, Coach Cash will say, he's one of the good guys. So, yeah. You know, and a- after the game, he was able to come up to us, you know, and, t- and talk to the coaches. I heard him tell uh you know, Coach White, hey, you know, go go in one. You yeah. know what I mean? A really class act, you know, for a head coach. Well, and it was one of those games where you walk it in, you probably knew that you were going to win. Um, but it, that's one of the first times that we realized we didn't really play that good, to be honest with you. But then you look up at the score, and I don't remember what the final was, but it was, what, 41? 42-7. 42-7. And they, I don't remember when they, said, like they scored that score. touchdown towards the end. Yeah. And Coach White and I talked a little bit about <laughs> it, like, Look how far we've come as a program to not be happy with the way we played. We won forty-two to seven. Yeah. Um, and 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 like I said, it was a good. It was it was a road trip, so it was good to kind of take that long road trip and then take care of business. And even though you didn't play great, you still let, you still were able to kind of take care of business and, and exert your will and, and whatnot. So that was another that was another important game at moving forward because you saw that we could still score a lot of points even though we were sloppy at times. Now next game is Altus. Yeah, kind of another one. I mean, we kind of had that, that this stretch right here where we had Ardmore, Altus, and then the next one was was Noble. Noble. Yeah. Um, like I said, another one that we knew we probably were going to – we should handle on paper uh, and watching film and things. And, and like I said, just came out – uh, and took care of business. We had been on the road for a little while, uh, so it was good to be back home at that one. The next noble. one was Noble. 76. Yeah, I mean, that one kind of was circled because of the way things ended last year. Obviously, they beat us last year at their place. Things got a little, not not chippy, but things were said on social media and whatnot. Well, Coach things, Wyatt working there. I mean, that was Coach Wyatt working there also man. kind of played into that, but the, Noble kids kind of made a little meme or something in the locker room after the game, so that was something that the kids kind of thought about and whatnot. So it was good. It was one of the, one of the only losses we had last year, so it was a good one to circle. And, and like I said, it came out. It was a weird week too because it was during fall break, so things were a little bit different. I think we played on a Thursday night as well, so that made things a little bit more different. But handled all that adversity and made sure that they checked the box there. Um, and got that revenge game. So, like I said, right where we thought we would be after six games. Yeah. This game's Duncan, you know. The, the overall score was 48-7. to seven. I feel like it was a lot tougher than I anticipated personally. But then you go back and look at the record. I mean, they lost some close games to some good yeah. schools. You know what I mean? They, they was – I mean, they're, they're – Another one that wasn't – we didn't play very – we didn't we didn't play bad, but right. we didn't play great either. And another one after it was over – 48-7, and co- talking to Coach Wyatt and myself, we're going, you know, we we, hadn't, we didn't play that good. We didn't play our best game. Um, 
but like I said, went there, took care of business, did what we had to do, and uh, and come away with another victory. And then uh, the big one, Mac. Mac, yeah. I mean, what can you say about that one? I mean, that one was circled, obviously. We had a good feeling coming into the year that there was a strong possibility we'd be 8-0. Um, yeah. We thought there was potential they would be. They slipped up early in the year to uh, Midwest City. Um, so kind of knew that our schedule was backloaded as far as district goes. So we were glad we were able to get there at that 8-0. They got there 7-1 and with the one loss in the district. So a lot on the line. Um, like I said, right up, the, right up the road from us, right down 44. So kind of one of those potential rivalry games that we're going to have in the next couple years with the new district layout and whatnot. And just, like I said, start out a little slow, kind of a – we talked about it last week, kind of a boxer's punches back and forth uh, of what was going on there. <coughs> and then wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, and uh, just absolutely – just you know, unleash the unleash the, the the power of our offense, our defense. I mean, like I said, you had that twenty one. You had Matt Lone with the great run. Um, then you had Mike with the pick six, and then Josh with the fumble recovery. On, so twenty one points in fifty five seconds to go from twenty seven nothing to forty eight nothing right before halftime. And I mean, just kind of put that one away. Um, moving into the second half and. And like I said, just a great all-around performance by all three phases. And uh, like I said, just probably our best game of the year, the, the best the best that we looked and played um, against a quality opponent. Um, so what can you say about that one? That one was fun. <laughs> before, we, uh, before we talk about Midwest City, I want to read off the honors and the uh, players of the game. Four minutes, okay. All right, so uh, the BFB uh, – Shane Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> like flag bearer. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Shane Spencer, I mean, what can you say about him all year? I mean, he is from not playing much defense at all last year and then and then moving from center to tackle. I mean, he just grew into he grew into a man this year. I mean, has really solidified that defense on the other side of Jack. I mean, we talked about Colin a little bit earlier being the best linebacker in the state. I mean, give me a better front three in the state than Jace, Jack, and Shea. But Shea has done everything that you could possibly imagine and more uh, on the defensive side of the ball this year. We'll talk about some stats as we move forward uh, here in a little bit. But, I mean, like I said, couldn't probably ask for a better person uh, to lead us out there. And then, obviously, got it done on the field in that second quarter with the big pick six to get us on the board like I said, again, it was kind of one of those games that was back and forth, kind of pot punching, uh, everybody taking each other's jabs. And then uh, teams are eventually going to stop running those inside screens against us, but yeah. they, they didn't yet. And Shea with the big pick. This time we got to go a little bit further and stiff arm the quarterback into the end zone for a big pick six. And that would be his second pick six of the year from a defensive end spot, which is kind of crazy to think about and say. Um, but, yeah, congratulations to him. And, and like I said, well-deserved to be that black flag bearer. Hey, so what I'm going to do is, is we're here, I'm just going to read them off, and then we talk about Midwest City. You can plug the name in for certain things. Okay, cool. About, okay. Uh, practice player of the week, Sage Rush. We got the fourth captain of the week, Andre Crabtree. Yep. Now, the player of the game, so we got Matthew Lund for offense. Yep. Defense, we got Colin Donnelly. Special teams, we got Colin Donnelly. Shopping your action award, Josh Adesola. 
and uh, Rough Rider of the Week, Hudson Bailey. Now, let's talk about them when it comes to recapping last week's Midwest City game. Yeah, I mean, Hudson Begley, I mean, has done, a, as Rough Rider Week, has done a phenomenal job filling in. Like I said, coming, in the, coming into camp, wasn't necessarily sure if he was going to be that guy. Um, but then, like I said, after some unfortunate things happened or whatnot, he takes over there and hasn't skipped a beat. Uh, has played well all year, started all 10 games as a freshman on one of the best offensive lines in the state. Um, and and well-deserved for him, and, and congratulations to him. Um, but, yeah, he's played phenomenal all year, and we're going to need a big game from him, obviously, uh, this week again against Piedmont. Um, Colin Donnelly, like I said, we talked a little bit about him when we first started. And, I mean, the punts inside of, of the 10-yard of the line, 5-yard line there towards the end of the game were huge. So, obviously, well-deserved there as far as the special teams player of the game. And then on defense, I mean, if you make if you make 28 tackles in a game, you're doing something right, obviously. Uh, and then not only just those just the tackles, but I mean, I would say five to six of them were absolute just you know slobber knockers, as they kind of say back in the day. And I mean, knock the kid's helmet off. I mean, and when you start doing that, I mean, that makes those running backs and quarterbacks and whatnot a little more tentative when they hit that hole. And uh, so congratulations to him. But he's done a phenomenal job all year just as that alpha and as that guy in the middle that just, like, cleans up so many mistakes and does so many things right for us. And look forward to watching him play this week um, and look forward to watching him for a whole other year, which is, which is a pretty cool deal to think about and, 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 think, and play with. Josh. Josh has done a great job of filling in for Trey Harris. Trey Harris is having a great yep. year until he, till that unfortunate injury. Josh feels right on in and hasn't skipped a beat. Um, Josh has, like I said, played phenomenal. Um, Brody goes out earlier in the season for a little bit of a game. He plays safety. Trey goes out in the, in the later in later in the season. He moves to corner. And like I said, having both out of souls on the outside, both of them are playing very very good football. Like I said, the preparation that both of them that Josh put in. For this week to cover some of those good receivers um, was phenomenal to see. Um, I, he had nine or ten tackles in the game too. Um, so, like I said, I mean, when 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 things were happening his way, he was not allowing any run after the catch or anything like that. I mean, if he did allow the catch, then it was tackled right then and there. And you know, like I said, he, we're going to need some big things out of out of both Asolos as the playoffs move forward, but. Uh, couldn't be more proud of him. Like I said, done a great job of stepping in and, and having skipping a beat. And, and like I said, look forward. Again, another junior. So look forward to kind of seeing what he can do in the playoffs as well. And then last but not least, Matt Lund. We talk about him just about every week. Yeah. Um, not many of the big shiny runs that you usually see from him. But that was one of those games where you just – him being a much better running back this year came into play. Um, there were times when, you know, he was getting hit at two or three yards, but still would fall forward and pick up six. Um, and we get hit, you know, a two yards short of the line, two yards short of the first down and, and was able to pick up that last first down uh, and things like that. So phenomenal year all year by him, but just another good, solid game by him. Um, we talked about him. He's now the all-time leading Rusher in school history, he's only 205 yards away from 5,000 on his career. Um, so if we can get a game or two in, I think he gets that. 
uh, in the playoffs. So, so five thousand in a career is pretty cool. Hopefully, he gets um, that Friday. Yeah, I mean, I'd love for him to get it in that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, he's 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 been our bell cow all year. Uh, he's had a phenomenal year, um, and uh, and uh, hopefully somebody listening to this or watching our playoff games will understand that he can be a college running back. Yeah. Uh, he's only got the one offer right now, and it's amazing to me. Um, but hopefully those will start coming because um, somebody's going to miss out on a good one if, if they don't grab them up. Uh, one, a couple things we didn't mention was the practice play of the week, Sage Russ. Yeah. Sage, uh, very good football player. Uh, yeah. And he's going to probably be a good football player in the years to come. Um, and um, might see him some this week. Um, he's, yeah. he's done well. Uh, he's done well kind of filling in back there. Um, for Hunter and Brody, um, and might see him on the field some this week. So, Fourth congratulations Captain. to him. Fourth camera, Andre Crabtree. I mean, just one of those kids that, that you need on your team. Um, just, you know, great work, that work ethic, great kid, always in the right place at the right time, always, you know, not a loud vocal leader or anything like that, but one of those kids that you just – like I said, need on your team if you're going to be a good team. And uh, can, like I said, I mean, obviously the coaches understand that and made him that fourth captain uh, on the last game of the season for the district title. So uh, moving on to next week, we got Piedmont, obviously. Uh, when it comes to Piedmont, I would like to start off there and kind of just look at the, the, the bracket as it fills out. Yeah. I talk about anything like eye catches. For example, for me – I not only look at our side, I look at the other side, right? So, obviously, we got to get through Piedmont. Yeah, you got to get through Piedmont. Piedmont. Piedmont's probably going to be the toughest team that we play all year. And, um, and Coach Fly kind of talked about this. I mean, yeah. the first or second podcast he did with us, like, we might have a tougher first round than we will a second round. Yeah, I, yes. I mean, the way the way it looks on paper, I mean, right, you know, right, that's right. why you play the game and all that kind of stuff. But, but no offense to any of our guys in our district. I mean, hey, look at it. Last year – our district went 0 for 4 against that other against District 5A2, and we're matched up against that group again this year. So Piedmont's going to – it's a different type of – they run that flex bone. So anything can happen when you run that flex bone offense. I mean, defense is really going to have to be gap sound. They're going to have to really tackle well and not keep their – not have their eyes kind of in the backfield, but making sure that they're reading their keys and doing what they're supposed to do on that end. Offense is going to have to take care of the football and maximize the possessions that they get. Because we might not get the ball but one or two times or so yeah. in the first half with the way yeah. that they run their offense. So going to be, a, like I said, they're big, big, big up front. they got a good running, number 10, running back and uh, linebacker. He calls himself the hammer. Um, mm. So, kind of have given Colin a little information about him to see whose hammer might be bigger, but uh, mm. we'll see what's going on there with him. Like I said, probably going to be the toughest team that we play, but that's what you want to do once you get into the playoffs is kind of play the best. Um, so, yeah, if we can get by them, we'll have another one at home. Claremore, Sepulpola, probably Claremore comes out on top on that one. Um, it's a good matchup for us in the second round if we can get by Piedmont. Um down on the left side, I mean, you got Dell City and Fryer. Del City, Del City should probably take care of that Guthrie. one. And Guthrie should probably handle MacArthur too, right? Yeah, I would think so. Um, what I'm at Guthrie, yeah. um, Guthrie, Guthrie's got some very good football players. MacArthur's got some good athletes on the outside. Um, Guthrie had a little bit of trouble guard, guarding some of those athletes on the outside from Carl Albert. So 
Hopefully MacArthur can kind of make it a game. If not, even push them to the brink of it. But I think that Dell City and Guthrie come out of that one. Um, so so that would be a crazy game there in the second round. So um, let me touch back on that, though, real quick. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, before we jump to the other side. But I think, like, I'm – like you said, Dell City and Guthrie, I feel like they should meet. In that yeah. Round. I feel like that's an interesting game, right? Like, Great game. I mean, you're talking about, you're talking like, about I two. Like, I can't pick a winner. No. I mean, you're talking about two and three. Uh, in the state, I mean, uh, in 4A, we're four. Uh, Carl Albert's obviously number one. Um, yeah, it's going to be a great game. Um, Guthrie is more of your physicality, um, sound on defense, sound on offense. Dell City's more flashy, uh, got better athletes on the outside and things like that. Um, so it's going to be a good contrast of styles. I, like I said, it, as we sit here today, I don't – I think maybe Guthrie comes out on top just okay. because of the they're so sound. But um, and watching them play last year against us, like I said, I mean they there was not a single snap on that on both offense or defense of the ball where they were in a wrong position where that could hurt Dell City potentially. Um, but outside of Carl Albert, Guthrie hasn't played the athletes that Dell City has right. up to date either. So. That we can go either way. If I if you had to ask me, I would say maybe Guthrie comes there, um, and then that sets us up. If, if like I said, if we can get past those first two rounds, that sets us up in the semis against those guys coming off of a slobber nopper type game. Uh, that game will be at a neutral site. Uh, yeah. So as soon as that's announced, uh, and hopefully we're in it, we'll let we'll let everybody know as far as that goes. But. They're playing a tough, tough one that week before, so I mean that sets us up pretty good. I w- I'd like to take another shot at Guthrie. I know the coaches want to take another shot at Guthrie, right. um, be a little bit more sound in, in some of the things that we do. It sets up nicely for us to kind of meet either those guys or Dell City there in the semis if we can get by Piedmont. Uh, let's move to the other side. You know, jumping at the top, we got Carl Albert versus Arena. Yeah, Carl Albert. I mean, what can you say? I mean, you got four OU commits. You've got two others that are probably going to commit before the end of the year. So you're talking about six, you know, D1 commits. Um, very good at quarterback. Very, very good at running back. Um, like I said, El Reno, if Nicholson is running and healthy, uh, could present a little bit of a problem to him. Uh, Guthrie did run the ball on Carl Albert pretty good. Right. Uh, and so did Piedmont last week. Uh, yeah. Piedmont had them. Piedmont had Carl Albert uh, on the ropes there, um, and some people had asked that question. It looked like looking at the looking at the film that I saw, looked like most of Carl Albert's starters were in there. So, so you can't hold anything against Piedmont. I know at one point people were like, "Oh, well, Carl Albert didn't play anybody because everything was locked up." But looking at the game, although UK Mitch were playing, so I would assume that the whole team was kind of playing. So, if if Nicholson gets running and moving, I mean that one could be interesting. But ultimately, I think Carl Albert comes on top there. I think Coita beats Collinsville. Um, yeah, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Coita too. Everybody knows what I got to say about Collinsville. So about that. Uh, Bishop Kelly McAllister. That one's going to be an interesting one. I think Bishop Kelly does win, but McAllister uh, McAllister is a good football team. Usually, is a really good football team, but I think I think Bishop Kelly does win that one. I think Miss I think I think Midwest City beats Bishop McGinnis. This is the matchup they wanted, right? Beat Piedmont by a certain amount of points or not beat them, right? If we beat them by more than fifteen. If we beat if if they would actually eleven. Eleven? Okay. So so if we would actually made that extra point, um, and if, if we would have won fourteen to three, um, MacArthur would have moved in then the two spot and Midwest City would have moved into the three spot. Right. So Midwest City would have went to Guthrie. 
I don't think they wanted to do that. But I don't know if they wanted to play Piedmont. They did not match up good against Piedmont last year. Uh, they went up there and, and kind of got kind of got slapped around pretty good. So I think they're okay with playing Bishop McGinnis. Should be a great game. Uh, could go either way, but I think Midwest City does find a way um, to win that one. They're going to use their physicality up front, I think, to win that one. Now I think Carl Albert beats Coita to get to the semis, and then I'm going to say I'm going to say Bishop Kelly beats Midwest City to get to the semis. Uh, against Carl Albert on that so side. So you're thinking Bishop Kelly? I'm thinking Bishop Carl, Kelly, Carl Albert, us, and Guthrie are the four semifinalists. Well, I won't ever even beat Carl Albert first round, so I'm going to go with that. There you go. <laughs> there you go. That's what I want. Yeah, we, I, yeah. I mean, it, and, and I mean, it's, it's playoff football. So, I mean, anything and everything can happen. Uh, it's winter go home. A lot of these teams haven't really – have kind of ran away with some of their games all season. So, it's kind of one of those things where – like I said, that's why I'm glad we got that Midwest City game under our belt last week where we kind of see what our team was like in four quarters and yep. and do some of that type of stuff. Um, and then we got a couple, like I said, we got a couple stats for the kids uh, yes. for the year. Like I said, want to kind of congratulate them. One of the biggest stats, I mean, is as a team overall, we're scoring 51.9 points a game and only giving up 6.4. So pretty good little – Little average there. Uh, tackles, of course, Colin Donnelly leading the leading away with 113. Now this is through 10 games, kind of unofficial. Got some got some information from Jack Baker and kind of added them up. So might not be the exact numbers, but it, but as close as we could get them. Like I said, Colin with 113 tackles on the year. Shea had 67 tackles. Jack from his other defensive end spot had 58 tackles. Ritson had 46. Uh, Jace had 47. Um, Hunter Jackson had 48 tackles. Andre Crabtree, 51 tackles. Uh, Mike and Josh. Mike had 42. Josh had 39. Brody had 40 from his safety spot. Peyton had 39. Um, like I said, Ritson and Peyton only played nine games compared to everybody else. But uh, but like I said, I mean, just great job on defense all year. I'm only giving up six points. And when you really think about it, um, oh, here's another interesting and great fact and stat. We have not given up a passing touchdown all year. No team has thrown the ball and scored a touchdown on us through the air. Um, pretty phenomenal when you think about it 10 games in. And those six points that were given up, if you really think about it, um, only Duncan. So we've only given up 24 points on the year in the first half. Right. El Reno had 14. Midwest City had the field goal, and Duncan had the seven point, seven points. So 24 points in the first half. So a lot of those touchdowns, I know Weatherford's was towards was in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game. Uh, Cash's was in the fourth quarter towards the end of the game. Some of those were – MacArthur's were both after we were up 62 to nothing – um, so, like I said, that six points is even kind of misleading a little because when you think about it, starters might have only given up two or three points a game, honestly, when you look at it. So, um, just phenomenal job of defense all year. Tackles for loss. I mean, Shea Spencer has 19 tackles for loss. Colin has 15. Andre has 12. Jack has 13. Jace has eight. I mean, sacks, you're talking about Jack leading the, leading the way with five. Shea has four. Ritson has three. Um, 
So just a great job of the defense altogether. Colin leads the team in interceptions. We have 18 total interceptions on the year. Colin leads the team with three. Then Brody, Hunter, Mike, Trey Harris, and Shea have two. We have six pick sixes for the year. We have 18 total touchdowns, six, so 33% of the time we return for pick six. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ritson had one, uh, Mike, Josh, Kaysen, and then uh, Shea Spencer with two from his defensive end spot. Not often you hear that. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, Trace, Laura, uh, 85 for 126. Completed 67% of his passes for 1,400 yards, uh, 1,407. 28 touchdowns, three interceptions. So great job there of, of not turning the ball over. Like I said, want to get that completion percentage probably up a little, but uh, great job of him all year kind of being that uh, game manager, game distributor. Big stats, obviously, Matt Lund, 15, 1,561 1, yards on the ground, 17 touchdowns. 13 catches for 252 yards and six touchdowns. So 23 total touchdowns for him. Like I said, 205 away from 5,000 yards rushing in his career. Um, that's a big, big number right there. Uh, but like I said, 23 touchdowns on the year and over so 250, so you know, over 1,800 yards uh, of total offense. Ritson's got 539 on the ground with 11 touchdowns, 115 catching and another touchdown. So 12 touchdowns on the year for Ritson. Uh, Trey Crabtree is actually our leading receiver with 18 catches for 504 yards and six touchdowns. Also has two touchdowns rushing. Mike is our second leading receiver at 14 catches for 258 and five touchdowns. And Brody's our third leading receiver with 10 catches for 182 touchdowns and one touchdown rushing. Peyton Christensen, Andre Crabtree, Adam Eaton, and Colin, both uh, all of those guys have two touchdowns receiving on the year as well. So just an all-around great performance by the kids all year. I mean, what can you say? I mean, we're 10-0. We're number four in the state. Uh, have a good setup for the playoffs. But uh, it's winter go home time now, so you've got to uh, take care of business Friday night or it's off or not. Um, so uh, expect a ton of people to be there. Expect, a ton, expect it to be just as loud as it was for MacArthur, if not louder. Um, kids need you there. Um the team needs you there. The community needs you there. It'll be a fun time to be an owl on Friday night. Go out. Woo!